0: It's time to get real with Robin. Join veteran broadcaster Robin Cote and her co-hosts, known as The Collective, as they delve into subject matters that most are afraid to talk about, but need to hear. And now, get ready to get real. In his recent Netflix special, Chris Rock asserted his belief that American society suffers from an attention addiction. When I thought about it, I began to believe that what he was really talking about was a symptom, not a disease, and that the real issue is a connection deficit, a connection with others, and perhaps more importantly, ourselves. So I, your humble co-host, reached out to Robin Cote, the queen of the collective, as you (laughs) well know. And I've seen a lot of Robin's social media posts about self-love and self-connection. So I thought she might agree with my assertions or my beliefs, but perhaps not. Either way, I think this episode of Get Real, which has been far too long in the making.
1: No kidding.
0: Is going to make for an awesome discussion. And Robin, thanks for having me back after, after so, so long.
1: Well, you know, sometimes we all need a break, and that's kind of what I had going on in my life. I needed a little bit of a break, but when you reached out to me, I was very grateful because, you know, I have missed having you in studio with me, and I've missed our coffee dates and our conversations, so I kind of look forward to this.
0: Well, yeah, and, and it's been a while. As as the edited uh, stumbles of my introduction will be uh, deleted, not known <laughs> to the listeners, you'll know that I'm I'm obviously uh, a bit rusty at the at the podcasting business, but... You know, this subject and, and some of the things that you've been posting about, about self-love and, and things like that, um, is to me such an important topic. And we probably touched on aspects of it in the past, but, you know, we do as a society since social media has developed and, and reality TV, what's called reality TV, um, does bring about this quest for attention, this this quest for likes and, and I'm sure that's probably even more prevalent than people much younger than us. Um, but I really think, and, and tell me what you think on this, that really what we're getting out of that is a facade of a connection to someone else when we really want a real connection to others and ourselves.
1: I would agree with you. I seem to, um, I, I've seen this quite a bit. People are seeking validation and they're they're living off of their social media expecting people to like everything they put out there and we can't be seeking that outside validation for our existence because that actually comes from inside and and you've brought it up already the whole self-love thing and you know i have distanced myself from people who get angry at me i, I literally i've had people message me or text me or even try to phone call and say i don't see you on my page liking my stuff what gives. I'm like, well, do you not understand that we all have a life? Well, yeah, but you're posting stuff and I'm liking it or I'm looking at it. Well, I appreciate that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every one of us is sitting on social media all day long and going through everybody's page. I mean, I have close to 3000 people on Facebook. I don't see everybody's posts and it, it seems like everyone is seeking validation to feel important as opposed to feeling good about yourself and understanding that you don't need outside validation to be who you are, to be true to who you are. I've always come from the standpoint, Kirk, and you know me well enough that I will put stuff out there. And usually a lot about what I write about is stuff that I'm experiencing. And that's what we do. We shed light on subject matters and we help others understand that they're not alone. But I'm not seeking that validation. I'm not seeking someone to say, oh, my God, I so agree with this. Yes, this is what's going on in my life. I love, love, love this. And you know what? If you do that, fantastic, fantastic. You're letting me know that I resonate with you. But there's other people out there that will not be liking statuses because they just don't. But that doesn't mean that you're not reaching them.
0: Well, you know, I think the, the crux, and you, you mentioned a, a, you used a great word, validation. And I think about all the different things that social media gives us, and, and when, when specifically when Chris Rock was talking about an attention addiction. Because he does have a point in the sense that we we collectively, I should say, get a jolt or a hit to some extent off people liking or commenting or what have you uh, on social media uh, um, you know if it's if it's a person in their clothes their weight their hair whatever that can give a person a hit in the same way you know any other addict might take satisfaction in dipping into that uh, addiction the throws the benefits of that addiction but what I think we fail to realize is how much of a disconnected reality that brings about because if someone presses a heart on your social media post and you like that because you get so many likes or what have you, you're really outside of yourself.
1: I would agree with that because it's it's still, if you think about it, I think it's just acceptance from other people that, that they're wanting to some well, degree. I think,
0: I think what, what they're really wanting is a connection
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they feel like there's a connection. When that happens, it gives a f- sense of a false connection. So you, you brought up earlier the the idea of people saying to you, hey, I post posted this on social media and you didn't like it, right? Mm-hmm. And when they do that, are they really wanting the like? Are they really wanting that click? Are they wanting the connection? I think that they're wanting the connection because as much as social media connects us to people that we might not otherwise have any ability to contact. Like you and me. Maybe so. Uh, that now the, the people want, that connection, and even if it's someone we know in our lives, we feel like we're strengthening that connection if they are acknowledging us or what we're doing or what have you. I mean, I think about how many times the and and it's perfectly true. I'm not disputing it at all. Like when I meet people or, or other people meet me, and they say to me, "I feel like I know you already." <laughs> yeah, because they follow me on social media or perhaps we've communicated on social media, right? But we're really substituting that fake connection. Uh, fake's maybe too strong a word. That limited connection to a real connection, for a real connection. And then what happens is, the way I see it, you need more and more of those limited connections in order to fill a void that is not full of real connections.
1: And that's so hard because, I mean, the kids today are growing up in that world. This is all they've ever known. And I find it difficult to have conversations with some people who have grown up in the world of technology. I mean, you and I are a little older And technology came into our... We're way older, Robin. (laughs) Well, technology came into... We've got to
0: hurry up and get to the AARP early bird special today.
1: You crack me up. But, you know, it's the whole idea that this is a world they grew up in. And and here's a perfect example. I'm sitting with my grandkids over the weekend. They're 9 and 10. So for an hour, an hour, I'm watching them build a world in Minecraft. I'm fascinated Yet I'm like, I don't have a clue what the hell they're doing. But this is what I'm saying is that the youth of today is growing up in this technological world. At least, you know, you've got people in their mid to late 20s, even in their 30s, that this is what they grew up with. Yeah. And it's difficult because they're, they're benching everything on their social media and people reaching out and having conversations. But a lot of times I see them come into the real world and they don't know how to have a conversation because it's the real world. They wouldn't know what to do sitting here with you and I face-to-face having a conversation because they're, they're so used to their technology and their social media and the gratification they get. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the person who reached out to me last year, I mean, literally texted me and, and made a big deal out of me not being on their page and not liking a lot of stuff. It wasn't just one thing. They're like, well, I don't see you on my social media liking anything. Did you unfollow me? I'm like, did you, you're supposed to be my friend. Why don't you ask if everything is okay? Because if I'm not on social media a lot, there might be something going on. And again, a lot of times we see people, I have a a friend that, that I follow on there, and he's constantly talking about his emotional battles. He's actually being honest. He's in his 30s, and he's talking about his depression And then you see the comments. Some people are nice to him. Other people are nasty. And it's like, you know, this is a way for some people to reach out for help. They're they're not necessarily looking for likes and gratification. They can use it that way because they don't really know how to talk to people. But then you have the other side of the coin where it's so important for someone to get validation for everything that they post. And they don't feel like they're loved by, by their friends or family or anybody existentially because they're not getting that feedback. And I understand feedback is important. And if I'm available and I've got nothing to do and I'm sitting there scrolling and I see it, if I like it, I'm gonna like it. It's not gonna I'm not gonna like it just because you're my friend. Well
0: you say you say it's important, but I don't think it is.
1: But to some people it is. I mean
0: to some people it yeah. is, but but that goes to the idea of uh, you know, the next drink is important to the alcoholic. The next hit, right? This mm-hmm. this idea so of dopamine, addiction. Yeah. It's so it's really not important, you know, because it goes back to, and this is why in the introduction that I stumbled through that I talk about, you know, your posts recently about self love and not caring what other people think. I mean, I actually had a friend of mine reach out today and say, hey, I don't know how you deal with this, you know, all this social media feedback, the judgment that comes upon you because, you know, I if I show up on Court TV, I show up anywhere, maybe it's here, whatever. Um, visual mediums tend to attract more um, discourse because they can attack my clothes or my hair sure. or whatever, right? Or compliment it either way. but." it really does become about a validation and this idea. That's why I think you know your social media posts are so germane to this discussion because it's the idea that we should care what somebody else thinks. And whether that comes through social media or whether that comes through any interaction with anyone we have, in, in the, the real world, as we're calling it, um, it shouldn't matter Mm-mm. so much. And that's why I say I think we are looking for a connection with others, but ultimately we're looking for a connection
1: with ourselves. I would agree with you because you're, you're projecting stuff out there, first of all. And you want that feedback. And it is like a drug. I've I've never... Looked at it that way. I will be in a mood to write and post something and then put it down and I'm done. And I don't go back to social media because I'm busy doing other things. And I'm just in the mindset that, you know, you, you see the meme that floats around all the time. When you get to the point of not giving a damn what other people think of you, there's such a level of freedom to that. Yeah. You don't have to. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I am a radio person. I don't like having my picture taken but there are people who will post my picture and then I'll make a joke about it because I don't like the way I look in pictures. I just don't care. I don't really care to have my face out there. It's not that big of a deal to me. But then they'll take it personally and think that I'm upset because they took a crappy picture of me. And it's like, no, don't. It's a joke. Don't don't get upset about it. Mm-hmm. Just Just understand that I really don't give a shit what I look like. I don't care. I don't care if somebody criticizes me. And I've had... You know, I've had members of my family that have worked in the media for a number of years. And um, one of my dear friends, she was a morning newscaster. And she actually, the day that she quit, she was so thrilled because people would literally attack her for the way she looked on camera. Uh, You got a little bit of a chub stomach. Are you pregnant again? That dress looks like shit on you. Who did your hair this morning? You look like you got chopped by a lawnmower. I mean, people are overly critical And nasty a lot of times when they're a keyboard warrior. And for people to put themselves out there and seek that validation, you're gonna get some good, maybe some bad. And it's, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you give a damn what people think? If you love the way you look, if you love what you do in your life, why not just post it, be happy, and move on? Why do you, why would you let somebody say something to you? That's going to get inside of you and eat away at you because the only person that really matters, that really fucking matters is the one that you're looking at in the mirror. That's the one that matters the most.
0: Well, I, I agree. And I think there's there's a couple things that that go into that. I mean, obviously. When we look back at the way our brain functions, there was a time in human history where the tribe had to stay together in order to be safe, right? If you Mm -hmm. were exiled from the tribe, you were dead. You were going to get eaten by wildlife, what have you. If you weren't in the camp, you weren't going to get to share the food, all that stuff. So we do have somewhat of a tribal mentality instilled in us, even though obviously that's years ago. But we are also social creatures to the extent that if everyone hates Sally at a particular job eventually Sally's probably not going to be in that job so we have this inclination to want to get along we have that natural inclination you know we want if we go into a job interview we want the person to like us so that they'll hire us right, right. so there is the, there are those things that are kind of hardwired into us and I think obviously that starts with the socialization we get at, at kindergarten preschool grade school all throughout our lives to just kind of Get along because it makes life more pleasant, so I think there's some of that in there, but the question is, with the advent of social media, has that has that gone too far? because then the connections aren't really real anyway, or most of them or they're they're in the shallow end of the pool, if you will, as opposed to the really meaningful connections and then is that a distraction from preventing
1: us from connecting to ourselves. I think it is. I think it is a distraction because we're we see a lot of stuff on there that's not real. We see or we see like all the good stuff that's going on and there are some people that will post some of the bad shit that's going on, but I think, you know, a lot of times we're not seeing 100% of the the person. And there's a few that maybe you do. I mean, what you see is what you get with me. And I'm pretty sure that's the way you are. At least that's as long as I've known you. Everything you post, it's kind of like, this is who I am. And that's just what it is. But I think people are afraid because they don't really, first of all, they don't really know themselves enough. And if they did know themselves enough, they wouldn't seek that validation as much as they do. Because if you know yourself, you already have that connection. And it's, it's not a perfect journey. You and I know that. We've been through so much in our lifetime trying to get to that place of self-acceptance. But when you do get to that place, you're not looking outside of yourself for that anymore. You, you, don't, you don't have to post something to get attention. You will never find one photo of me on my social media that's used to get attention in a negative way. I don't think I have to do that because you know I, I, have, I did posters a while back, but each one of them had a specific meaning and that's why I took the photos away that I did. But then I get people who say, oh, that picture with you with the guitar in front of you, that's really sexy. I bet you're making love to that guitar. And I'll say, well, if you think that, you're missing the total thing of what's going on. If you read the writing on the poster itself... This is talking about owning who you are. This is talking about not being afraid to be who you want to be. This is about not allowing anybody to say, you can't do that. I'm sorry, but nobody gets to tell me I can't be me.
0: Let me ask you this, though, and and this is important when we talk about attention. I think it's important when we talk about connection, too, Mm -hmm. because somebody could also and probably wouldn't because you were right, you talked about keyboard warriors, but You know why do you pay attention to the comments i don't well you just told me one so you do
1: i don't normally pay attention to it i just i laugh because it's kind of like well if you think that's what this is then that's your interpretation and you're entitled to your interpret everyone's entitled to their interpretation of everything but the whole reason behind why i do something is there's a message and if the person doesn't get the message i don't reciprocate in conversation with someone who's going up that route with me it was in a private message and they made that comment because yeah. they were trying to hit on me. And I don't, I don't play that way. I'm trying to be the nice person that I am. I'm a public figure to some degree, just like you are. And we have a certain behavioral pattern that we do as public figures. But if somebody gets out of line with me, I have enough strength in me to say, no, that's not what that is. This is what it is. And if you miss the point, sorry, that's just life.
0: Yeah, and I and I brought up the part about the comments because um, I think that's important when we talk about the addiction and the validation because that is even a uh, more important aspect of it to a lot of people. And you right, as somewhat of public figures, um, we might get that sort of critique, you know, mm-hmm. or 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 commentary or what have you. Um, what I think is important and what is interesting is that I will always, I more often than not, will pay attention to the comments. But I don't digest the comments. I know what they are, but I don't digest them. And the reason I think that is so important is because that, and by By digest, I mean they're not that important to me.
1: Right, superficial. They're
0: they're not, they don't, and there was a time when I couldn't say this, but they just don't pierce my, I don't even want to say pierce my armor, but that's really, they just don't, they're not internalized with me. Right. And I think that's so important when we talk about attention and addiction and how we are influenced by others, even those in our lives. Right, if we're self contained, we don't have to care. We can see them, we can acknowledge other people, because I think when we talk about breaking this attention addiction and or moving and filling in the connection deficit, because we can sit here all all day long and and talk about attention addiction and kind of restate the obvious, right? Right. But the real cure, if you will, is to get that connection with others to some extent, but ultimately to yourself. And, and the point being, I guess, that when I thought about um, how much over the past couple of years that I've really, and, I, and I've got a long process. I mean, we're talking about almost a decade now since my cancer diagnosis and what have you, is this idea that now I'm loving myself more on a greater level and I realize it's not, It's a real subtle thing that you don't have to run away from the comments. Your world doesn't have to be a middle finger because I think a lot of people take the idea that um, I love myself. I don't care what you think of me. They project that anyway. And they kind of, in that sense, metaphorically and sometimes literally have the middle finger uh, up to you, right? right? And that's not... Self-love, that's not a self-connection. That is, you know, really a, a, a protection mechanism. And the the real connection, what we really need to do is be okay with social media and what it is and, and, and keep it in its category, but work on that connection to ourselves where we're not sticking our middle finger up, but we're just moving about our day. And not even... You know, I get compliments, too, now that I've lost weight. And well, you look et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. amazing. Well, yeah. thank you. And, I, see, I can take that, but, but like, it, you know, respect, it doesn't mean that much to me. I'm not going
1: right, to go
0: home and jump up and down and say, I oh, know. my God, right, you know, go to bed, put my head on the pillow, and I say, oh, Robin thinks I, I look good.
1: You're my dude. Um, I I know, but, but, but you see what <laughs> I'm saying. There are yes. some
0: people, when we talk about this, uh, this, this, connection deficit where that would mean a lot to somebody and it shouldn't
1: no it shouldn't
0: in the same way that likes on any form of social media shouldn't mean as much
1: but how do we get to that point I mean you and I have worked on it there's been a lot of people that have worked on that but I mean it's a stigma it's 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 something that's just going on in our world. I mean, so many people live vicariously through somebody else on social media or they're just, I mean, how does, I mean, we've talked about this before. The self-love journey is not an easiest one. It's not the easiest one at all because you have to really take a look at yourself. You have to hold yourself accountable for a lot of things. You have to understand who you are. You have to, for me, it was always journaling. That's how I learned who I was because I really didn't know. I was I was a lost soul for the longest time. And having pieces of my past filled in now and understanding where I came from as a child and what actually happened, it kind of changed everything for me. And it made sense of why I made a lot of the bad choices I did in life. And when I started recognizing that and taking accountability for it, it was like I didn't have to apologize for making mistakes anymore. I understood that the mistakes were okay that they're okay to learn from because that's what we're supposed to do. And that's what kind of started me on the self-love journey a few years back was the idea that I'm never going to be perfect. So why even bother trying and being perfectly imperfect is exactly where we should be because there's always room for improvement. But now I'm to the point where nothing phases me. Nothing phases me at all.
0: Well, I agree with most of what you said and I, I, a few days ago when we were texting about doing this topic i began to think well what is you know if i were to give somebody a key to to loving themselves what would be the ingredients or what have you like a like a cake or what have you and i think there are a couple things but i i don't think there's any way shape or form that i can sit there and say there's there's some formula right but one of the things that i would say when we talk about, like you brought up, mistakes. I would say that there are no mistakes, only judgment makes it so. Good point. And a lot of that judgment is external judgment on how others will view us. Now, you know, we can obviously, you know, we all have... To some extent, maybe I'm projecting, but most of us, I assume, have to some extent that part of us that will be defeat us and beat us ourselves over the head. Even like something as simple as you drop a glass and you have to sweep up the glass. You feel stupid for having dropped the glass. You feel like you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. You need to pay more attention. What's wrong with you, right? Mm -hmm. And so, that obviously, that same process can hold true for so many different instances in our life, car accidents, our relationships, things of that nature. And so when we talk about mistake in that nature, okay, you know, drop in the glass, we can call that a mistake, what have you. But not all of the decisions we make that we might think of as mistakes are actually mistakes when we look at them in hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. So... And and we can talk about that in a a lot of different contexts, but, you know, the the reality is that if you're happy with where you are now, everything that led up to that has to be a key ingredient to that, to where you are now. Hence, you wouldn't be where you're at. So um, I think in that regard, not being a prisoner of our past is important, and beyond that uh, as much as we can because, yes, we're going to have mistakes, we're going to have regrets, things of that nature. But minimizing the impact of that regret because you realize that, well, it was a painful moment. My judgment made that a mistake. But because I'm here now, then everything before that was 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 perfect In in one sense. It's hard to digest sometimes when we talk about bad stuff. So, I think that is an important part because if you do that, uh, you, you eliminate the metaphorical bat that you might beat yourself with, like using the, uh, using the glass example. So I think that's one, one way uh, because that does eliminate the ability to or the power which you can bash yourself over things. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I've been in those shoes before. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have. Right. Sometimes we don't even
0: realize it. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's such an an important uh, thing, you know, I think that we need to do is just minimize the power of those sort of things because then that way— because, look, the easiest way to not love anyone, uh, including yourself, is to look at them critically. Mm-hmm. You know, that person did said blank at dinner, that person, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? They didn't like my social media posts. They didn't like this or that, right? And to sit there and say, okay, well, I don't love that person because of this reason, Right one thing that could happen and obviously there's extremes where that where that's not going to be the case but one thing i think that you can do is say okay well that person got upset that i didn't like their social media posts or 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 stood me up for dinner or or whatever i don't like the clothes they wear i don't like their pictures with guitars <laughs> then 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 you can say okay that's someone i'm going to love from afar because really we can't completely love ourselves until we love everyone around us, because we're all all connected. Mm-hmm. We're all driven from the same source. So it doesn't mean you have to embrace everybody. It doesn't mean you have to be besties with everybody. It just means you have to realize they're on their own journey. And, you know, you probably heard this before. You might have said this before. The judgment we cast on others is a judgment we're we're projecting towards ourselves, right? So yes. when, I get, when I get people, I, ha- I was ironically looking up, I had some, somebody comment on uh, YouTube. I mean, like an old video. This is what's so funny about it. It like never goes away. Like an old video I did, uh, interview I did with Vinny on Court TV. And they're like, I don't like Nermy. He He talks too slow and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's all about the money. And I thought, well, okay, so this person thinks I'm there to entertain them. And they've got some issues with money. They're projecting, right? And that's why I go, go back to what I say earlier about not digesting that stuff. It's like, okay, great. So this is a person that I just love from afar. I'm not going to attack. Right. I don't feel the need right. to respond, what have you. Just, I'm going to love this person from afar. Because if then I attack them and I, and I use those same sources of my brain, ultimately those are going to work on me attacking myself
1: right everything is an energy exchange and we tend to forget that even i i've learned one of the best lessons i've learned is you don't necessarily have to respond to the messages you get if they especially if it's something negative why would you want to jump on and have that negative conversation because then you're going to end up in a reaction action reaction back and forth and it's just so energy draining and when you when you get to that point in your life where you understand what energy really is and how it affects us in every way possible, even you know the emotional exchanges can bring about the physical manifestations. Right. You know that. Yeah. You know with your cancer journey, all that crap you went through with all that stress. Well, if you
0: respond, you've digested it.
1: Yes, and it's not healthy for you. And then
0: if you let it play out, you know, it's like uh, people Uh, people ask me about, uh, because, you know, I've been married almost 30 years now. um, And people sometimes will ask me, well, what's the key to a successful relationship? And sometimes I'll stun people and say, well, not talking. (laughs) Right. And, And I, yeah, see, I get that laugh. Yeah. And, but what I really mean when I dig deeper into that, when I explain it more, is that the house is... A sanctuary if you will like you know back when i was a a lawyer did i did did christy want to come home and hear me gripe about the guards at the jail or the clients or the smell of urine at the in the elevator jail elevator stuff like that right no and did i want to come home and hear her talk about how billy stuck a crayon up sally's nose or whatever (laughs) they do these days right or you know, and so, and the answer is no, and and the the point of that being then, because then that energy grows, mm-hmm. and the same way if we start having a conversation with somebody else, or ourselves about it, that energy grows. That's why when we talk about dropping the glass, you realize well, who cares? It's not that big a deal. You cut that inner voice off, and then you go about your life in the same way that if you have a bad day at work, you go home and you just leave it at work, so to speak. The bad stuff at work, you leave it at work, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't expand. And you have that dialogue on social media, then it expands. And then you're looking, the energy becomes desperation and to me, I guess, illustrates my point that I would say to Chris Rock, if he were here to say, no, it's that connection that we're looking for. And because you are, if you're fighting with someone on social media about your guitar or I'm fighting about my, my shirt or whatever I'm wearing that they don't like, I'm really saying, I, w- I want to connect with you. Please like me. And, you know, we don't have to care about that. Right. We don't have right. to care about that. You say I just love that person from afar and, and not judge them and not look at what they're projecting towards me, what have you. And I, I even used to take the approach on, on social media and everything where it's like I would 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 be almost kind of feel sorry for them that they're doing that and everything else. But I realized that brought my energy down too because Mm -hmm. I was still digesting it in the same way you would if you're fighting them. Right. If you feel sympathetic towards them, then you're also – it's a more caring energy, but you're also lowering your energy to that point in time. Yeah, yeah. So I think think that not digesting it and realizing that you're not validated by it and not – letting your inner voice take over and and i think you know the the biggest key to self love is self care and i thought about that when uh, which is the key to all this i think because then you then when you you don't care about what how people are responding to you and you're self contained miraculously people will will start coming to you people with the right energy will start coming right. to you right And I I thought about this as I was driving out here in the context of relationships. You know, I always talk about self-care and and I guess that can be kind of a buzzword, right? Mm -hmm. But I thought about it in this sense, like relationships we have with other people and relationships we have with ourselves really not that much different. They have to be fostered and they have to be built on trust. And that sounds funny when we talk about a relationship with ourselves. Right. But if you think about you... And yourself as different entities, and I know this gets a bit esoteric for people, but if you think about them as separate entities, I think that's actually a good thing, because then you begin to foster the relationship. So you begin to do those things, like you know, you begin to build up trust with all of who all of who you are. You know, Um, you begin to build trust with that inner voice that bashes you down. You begin to build trust with your insecurities. You begin to build trust with your past and see it as perfect and all those things, by fostering that relationship, right? So if if you have whatever relationships people have, be they friendships, be they romantic relationships, what have you, you know, there has to be a level of trust. Well, how is trust built? Trust is built by showing caring and honoring your word and things of that nature. So self-care in in that light, it becomes not just a buzzword, but it becomes... really to me a building block of how you foster that relationship with yourself
1: there's a lot of truth in that there's a lot of truth in that and you know something that i've noticed the last few years um the four agreements has really made a difference with me especially the biggest one you know don't take it personally because it really has nothing to do with you and There was a point where I mean, all of us have been through this where we have that, that just that irritant. And it's not, it's not us. It's, we're allowing it to affect us because it's projection from someone else. And you mentioned this earlier, they're not happy with something going on in their life. So they're projecting it on. And if you realize that right off the bat, that it really has nothing to do with you. So don't take it personal. It kind of eliminates a lot of the BS, and it stops the energy exchange because if you if you play to that again it's still going to be that action reaction and you're going to end up feeling like shit your your frequency is going to be lower and then all of a sudden it's coming out of nowhere and you draw a lot of that to you and you wonder why why is this continuing why Mm -hmm. i thought i did this because the whole thing is this is always a you're always a work in progress you're never finished not until the day you're dead, then maybe there's still more work, who knows. But I've noticed that a lot, that I can sit in a room with somebody now, and I can hear them talking to me, and they're projecting in my direction about somebody else, and instead of realizing what they're doing, I almost, I, I did it the other day, I had to interject. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why are you why are you putting so much energy into this? Do you not understand how that stops your forward momentum? Because you're allowing something that someone else may or may not have said or done, and you're just taking it from your own perspective because you really don't know the answer. But you're allowing it to affect, to affect you because now all of a sudden you're negative. You don't like this. You don't like that. Life sucks. Well, you know, life's going to suck from time to time, but you can make it better.
0: Well look, I think what you said um, is a makes me think about how some of these things, be it social media or conversations or what have you are ultimately also distractions from our connection to ourselves so if we can um, talk about what somebody else is doing, then that is keeps our mind busy the, and for, keeps us from looking at ourselves. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you or another thing that came to mind that I thought was a, a, a great learning tool for me when we when we talk about self-love and what have you. If you listen to a lot of people speak of a good percentages of it is my life from the speaker would be happier, if you, I'll use Robin as an example, if you, Robin, would act differently. And you think about that, if you use that as a filter, a lot of what people say can be garnered through that filter. And really, um, the power in what they're saying is muted by that, by that filter because you realize, and we talk about projection, and things like that. It's like, okay, and we, we, I mean, we see this all over social media, right? Whether it's whether it's politics, and, and this this just this judgment era that we're in, right? On social particularly on social media, but in life in general. If you just say, well, you know, if you would just act this way, if you would just why don't you why don't you dress this way, or why don't you dress that way, or you know, I remember having somebody say, dress dress your age, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, right? what? Um and so that sort of thing is, is you realize somebody's saying, well, I'd be happier if you would just act like this. And that's really what they're saying. And that—that that's like, okay. And that, and that taking that and muting that power takes down what they're saying. It makes it easier not to digest. And it makes it easier to say, okay. And it gives you an opportunity to love yourself more. Mm-hmm. Because you're saying, okay, well, I see what you're saying. And that could, you know, uh, you know, make you feel better. But that's not how I have to live. And that is such a great act of self-love that this is, that's not how I have to live. Whether it's, you know, our, our political beliefs, our sexual orientation, sexual beliefs, what have you. So many people are willing to, you need to act this way. Okay. Because otherwise, you know, I, I don't feel right about it boy, that softens that blow. And it's such an act of self-love to just not digest that. See it for what it's worth. See that it's their fear. And just move forward with loving yourself and nurturing that relationship with yourself and building that trust with yourself. Because the less you are distracted by how other people think you should live, the more you're connected to yourself and how yourself wants to live, right? So there there is that dichotomy there. And you know, you step away from that, you nurture that relationship, you engage in acts of self-care, might be meditation, might be reading, might be journaling, as you mentioned before, right? Getting out in nature, writing, getting out in nature, which is I know is a is a big thing for both of us, all that sort of thing. Making that connection because the more you do that, and the more you follow up on things that you really feel like you want to do, not those things you think, and there's a big difference between feeling and thinking, those things that you feel like you want to do versus those things you think you should do, if you start relying more on the feeling, that inner core of you, and I, I'm getting a revelation as I, as I speak here myself, that inner core of you begins uh, more of a trust and has more of a connection to you and you're fostering self-love at a deeper level because you're mm-hmm. spo- your feelings are really your soul what your soul wants as opposed to what your mind and your ego want so mm-hmm. the more you respond to those feelings the more um your soul will guide you i think and then these connection deficits as i speculated on um begin to heal themselves and then it doesn't matter what sort of attention you're getting from anyone else,
1: you know. And I had this conversation the other day. Exactly what you're talking about. I've come to the conclusion that our gut instinct is actually our soul. And we're if we trust what we feel. They tell you don't ignore your gut. Don't ignore what you feel, because you're. It's always going to say, well, you know, I, I. You just proved it wrong because, or you just proved yourself wrong because you didn't trust your gut, and here you are. You should have listened to that. That is your inner guidance system. And the more and more you place that trust in yourself, and it's not always easy to get there because, again, you know, we we make decisions in life. We get mad at ourselves because we should have done something different, whatever the case may be. You still have to trust that inner guidance system because that's the thing that goes with you. It, it stays with you throughout your entire life or your lifetimes. You know, your soul is always intact with you, and if you just learn to trust what you feel and don't second guess that. It puts you on the direct path to being one with yourself. And and I I know you and I have talked about this before, I think off the air a time or two. Um, I feel like I'm more in my human now than I ever have, if that makes sense. You, you feel like you've gelled into your human. You understand your human shell. You know what I mean?
0: Well, maybe. I feel a, lo- a lot less so because... I'm starting to really realize, and, and I just recently read The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And, you know, that's an interesting book about surrendering to the universe and, and your higher self, if you will. And I think when we talk about our gut, our gut can sometimes be misleading before we really learn what a true feeling is, because I think the mind can trick us into believing that it's a gut feeling versus versus a real feeling, if you will. Um and I wish I could define that note for you. Um i've fi- I, I found I find it a lot more now. But it's it's hard for me to, to always get into that. But but it's more um and michael singer's surrender experiment is is a perfect example of it i know it's a very popular book a lot of people probably read it but it's more about inaction than action because action is the domain of the ego and that's a lot of what we're we're trained into and that does flow back into this idea of attention addiction and and connection deficit because we're, we're told to act. We need to act a certain way, and we need to make all these, these um, connections with people and do all these things. But really, if we step out of our human a bit more and let that higher self in us speak and guide us, we're really in much better shape.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just meant that I feel, I feel comfortable with who I am now. And it's I've ne- it, it took a long time to get to that. And I just feel like I'm more in touch with myself. If that makes sense. Yes. That that's where I'm coming from. Because
0: your true self is your high being.
1: Yeah. I just feel like I'm that's I've heard it said so many different ways. So maybe I'm not saying it right. It just feels like I'm I'm at home in my skin. I feel comfortable being who I am and trusting that inner Whatever that whole thing is, that whole thing, it just makes me feel so good knowing that I don't have to question that anymore. I don't have to feel like I need that validation anymore. Because when I look in the mirror and I see myself, I just say, you know, you're loved. You're yeah. loved. Because it, I finally love myself and I understand what that means. And I, you know, it, it's not an easy thing to, to verbalize but i'm comfortable now saying that and i'm comfortable more in writing it because that's just what i do but it's the idea that i don't feel like an alien inside this body anymore i just feel like i'm one with it
0: yeah you know you you brought up something and that i think would be a good note to end on you know i i, I was at a seminar years back and someone approached me to Asked me about a certain things, and I and I advised this lady to go into her bathroom mirror. I said, "If I was coaching you, this is what I'd order you to do." Say, so go into your bathroom mirror, stand in front of it, look in, look yourself in the eye, essentially, and say, "I love you," several times. And um, I've done this before. I, I, I teared up doing it, and uh, it's been a long time since I've done it, but I've done it, and. You know, Ultimately, she wound up showing up at one of my shows when I performed in San Francisco and told me how much that helped her. So I'm going to leave that bit of advice with everyone here that doubts their ability to love themselves and doubts their ability to do this because I think that simple act can knock down barriers in ways that the words that we express in this podcast can't. But I think if you start doing that, And start loving yourself and breaking down those walls and realizing that you don't need those connections. Whatever addiction to attention you have, you're going to break. And whatever need for connections with others is going to be diminished. But most importantly, the connection to yourself is going to flourish.
1: I couldn't have said that better myself. I've missed having you here with me. Well, maybe you'll have me
0: back next year. Maybe next (laughs) year.
1: Well, you know, sometimes when we're on the personal journey and we're doing work, we don't necessarily do other things. And
0: I know, Robin, but you know, I figured the audience should hear me give you a hard time on the air, not just off, you know?
1: And you know what, buddy? I love you.
0: I love you too.
1: It's been a while.
0: It's been too long.
1: Yeah, well, we'll have to change that. So guys, as always, we appreciate you listening. You can reach out if you have any ideas for us, and uh, maybe I'll keep Kirk busy for the next year. (laughs) (laughs) So, as always, take care, and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Get Real with Robin. Join Robin Cote and her co-hosts, known as The Collective, each week as they delve into subject matters most are afraid to talk about but really need to hear. Join us next week here on Star Worldwide Networks as we continue to get real.